It's Q&A day on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Robert Williams, the Jays, and a bunch of other stuff right now on this Tuesday Locked On Celtics. Millie, let's go. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Wherever you are going, whatever you're doing, thank you for taking the show with you, making it part of your day. I hope it's brightening your day just a little bit. I'm John Corrales. I host the show Monday through Friday. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. You can subscribe to Boston Sports Journal using the promo code Corrales. You'll get $5 off an annual subscription. That makes it less than 3 bucks a month. And I think that's worth it. I'm also the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. You can get that book anywhere books are sold. Links are on my website, johncorrales.com. I put out a call for questions. We are in the All-Star break. I figured we haven't done a Q&A in a while. Maybe people have some questions, and you do. So I'm answering all of the questions that I got on Twitter today. In segment one, Robert Williams. A lot of Robert Williams questions. Segment two, a lot of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, the Jays questions. Segment three, the rest. Some other stuff out there, including like a Bradley Beal question. It's all brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So segment one here is all about Robert Williams. So let's just dive in at Ball and Opinions. Do the Celtics need to move a big to make room for Robert Williams, it seems as if his, as this team gets healthier, the two big lineup will be less used and making center minutes harder to come by. I agree. I think, and and I have a big piece coming out on Boston Sports Journal, another reason why you subscribe. Uh, in that piece, I, I set expectations for the trade deadline. And basically, I don't think it's going to be like this big, crazy like super fireworks, explosive event. Uh, But I do advocate for trading Tristan Thompson. And I do think, as I brought up on this podcast before, that Tristan Thompson's $9 million, $9.25 million, is going to be valuable. And here's part of why it's valuable. I'll explain this just a little bit. Because the Celtics are a non-tax-paying team and will remain because they will remain a non-tax-paying team. Their trade rules are are slightly different, and, and they have the, the potential to maybe get a little more back. If they're trading for somebody that's making, I think the range is between uh, $6 million and 19.6 or 19, whatever it is, some, somewhere in that range, the Celtics can get, the number, the amount of the salaries that they send out plus $5 million. That's, that's the match. So you send out Tristan Thompson on his own and you're training for a player in that six to 19 and a half million range. You can take back Tristan Thompson's 9.25 plus 5 million. So you can take back a player making 
14.25. So you throw in the uh, Aaron Neesmith salary, let's say, and the Jeff Teague salary, let's say, just for numbers sakes, you can match all the way up to 19.3 million with those guys. So using Tristan Thompson and his nine plus million dollars as the basis of salary matching can get the Celtics potentially a pretty good player. Players making 19 plus million all the way down to making like six million. I mean, there's a big range of players in there and some really good ones. Depends on who's available, depends on what the teams want, depends on what the Celtics are willing to give up. There's a lot, but my point is in this question here, Robert Williams, if the Celtics do want to keep Robert Williams and make him one of their two main bigs, trading away Tristan Thompson and using that nine plus million to get a quality player back, save the traded player exception, use that traded player exception in the summer, that's possible. So... Is it going to happen that way? I don't know. But that's a legitimately possible uh, thing that could happen. So uh, I would advocate for that. You start Daniel Tice. Maybe you can re-sign Daniel Tice. I don't know what he's going to get in the offseason. But having Tice and Robert Williams, and if Robert Williams can stay healthy, that that's a nice duo. I like that. Uh, and, and related to this, at DRC Hoops, with Robert Williams' recent impressive showings, our team's going to demand him in a trade in which the Celtics use the TPE. That is also a possibility. Now, I would say everyone except... Well, okay. Technically, everybody's available, right? If Giannis said, I want to go to Boston, then we're going to have conversations about which of Jalen or Jason goes. Like, that's... We know that that's, that's possible. I hate to say it, but that's, if that scenario came up, everybody's available. You got to consider, you got to at least talk it through. Realistically, Robert Williams is available. Like if, if that's, if the player, the Celtics want is, is so good or fits so well that using Robert Williams to get that, that deal done you might you might just have to do it. So just because teams demand Robert Williams doesn't mean that they're going to have to give up Robert Williams. But if I, I will say that at DRC hoops, yes, they will ask for Robert Williams. So do not be surprised if you start to hear Robert Williams name in trade rumors. That's just going to be a thing that that happens. At Birdie Mittens, what's the likelihood that the C's have both Tyson and Robert Williams in the roster next season? And is there a decent wing out there for the right price that provides enough on both sides of the ball and is willing to play the third or fourth option? So, the likelihood. Uh, percentage, this is tough because, just like I said, Robert Williams is going to be in demand, and so he's potentially in trade talks. Daniel Tice is making $5 million and he's worth more than $5 million for sure. What is he going to get on the open market? What are the Celtics willing to pay? What are they willing to, to, to do? What's, what's he, he want? What does Daniel Tice want? So I don't know. Is it a 50, 50 chance? I think it's possible. Um, I don't think it's a lock at all because there are a lot of factors at play here. 
So I think one of those guys will be back. I think one will be back because the other one leaving increases the necessity for the other. So if Daniel Tice leaves, then, and if the Celtics think Daniel Tice is going to leave, then maybe they hold on to Rob and, and make it more of a point to hold on to Rob. But center position, it's been said that it's a mercenary position and you can get away with not paying a center a ton of money. So I'd like to, I I like the Tice Rob combination. I like it. And the Celtics strengths are clearly out on the perimeter. I think that combination can do a a nice enough job. When, When you look at the centers around the league, like, okay, you have to get through Joel Embiid. But after that, there's, there are ways to neutralize some of the other big centers that are, are in your way. You know, if you have to go up against Nikola Jokic, okay, that's going to be a problem for anybody. Like, who are you going to get that's going to stop Jokic? Who are you going to get that's going to stop Anthony Davis? Like, you, there are no guys like that. But, you know, Rudy Gobert, th- there is a game plan. We've seen it work before where you can kind of get him out onto the perimeter. Will that work this year in a playoff series? We'll see. But I, th- I think the Celtics, with, with their focus on the perimeter, this this is a good combination. As far as a decent wing out there for the right price, I mean, there are guys. Uh, but what's here's the question. What's enough on both sides of the ball? Like, we're looking for a unicorn here. We're looking for... Our, a, we're looking for a good offensive and defensive player who doesn't make too much money and is willing to, you know, defer to the other people. Okay. <laughs> Who's that? Does that person exist? Like that? I don't think, you know, maybe a, a Terrence Ross type is the guy. And, and I don't know that Terrence Ross is available, but you know, as far as wings on the market that potentially on the market that the Celtics could get realistically, they're not a lot. There's not a lot. Um, so, and I'm not exactly like, I don't think like Terrence Ross is, is like <laughs> gonna defend, but in, you know, in the Celtic system, maybe he can do enough and we've seen the scoring. So, and he is a third or fourth option. So maybe, maybe, maybe. And uh, at CM Hood, am I nuts for thinking the Celtics could be pretty damn good in the playoffs starting Kemba, Smart, the Jays, and Time Lord? I think Kemba at his best, Smart, the Jays fully healthy and rested along with Time Lord. Yeah, I think that they could do pretty well because Robert Williams puts that pressure uh, that vertical spacing, that vertical pressure on the rim, and the, the Celtics would be tough to defend. If all of those guys are playing at their best, Kemba at his best, Jalen and Jason at their best, Robert Williams at his best, that, I mean, that's, you know, and then Marcus Smart as the defensive guy in the, in the overflow offense shoot-open threes guy, That that's pretty good. I mean, is it better than Brooklyn? No. But, hey, that that team... At, if if it's engaged, can defend, and your the weak spot is obviously Kemba, so they're going to try to force Kevin Durant on onto Kemba Walker uh, with, with switches and stuff, 
And that's something you'd have to account for. But there's there are ways to to try to combat that. And I'm not saying the Celtics would stop Brooklyn, but the Celtics have the personnel. They have the personnel to at least make it a little more difficult. I'd still think that the Brooklyn Nets would win that series. But if it was a conference finals, like they could get to the conference finals with with that starting lineup. I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I'm not saying it's a lock, but I think they can. All right, incorporating the Jays here gets us into the next segment, which is going to be very heavy. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. So that is going to come up next. RockAuto.com is the place you need to be going if you need anything for your car, like anything for your car. Don't bother going to one of those chain stores. I keep telling you, it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your energy. You're just going to be telling some person behind the counter all of the stuff that you could be entering into the computer on your own. And then that person is going to go to some shelf in a very small warehouse, because how much can they keep there, and take whatever they have in stock and say, here, here's the price. And sometimes their prices are different if you're a pro or you're a do-it-yourselfer. Sometimes their prices are different based on what the market will bear. How can you really trust any of that? Go to rockauto.com. You just stay at home, stay safe. You don't have to put on a mask to sit at your own computer. You can just enter your car's information, cruise through a very easy-to-navigate catalog, and find all of the parts your car will ever need. Okay? Complicated stuff, simple stuff. You want to change a headlamp or windshield wipers or carpets? Like, that's the extent of what I can do? RockAuto.com has that. You need something for the engine? You need something like uh, for you know a muffler, an exhaust system, something? like It's all there. So whatever your level of car knowledge, it's all there at rockauto.com. So go check it out. Go to rockauto.com, see what parts are available for your car or truck, whatever you need. When you do buy something, because their prices are reliably low, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That's how they know we sent you. It's a very important thing to do. If you could please write locked on in their how did you hear about us box, and you'll see an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Be sure to follow our social channels, LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram. It's right about the time some of you who have been good about your taxes might be getting some money back. Maybe you're interested in throwing some money down on a game, make a little bit more money if you're if you're so inclined. Well, one way to kind of get a little bit of an edge is to download the Locked On Bets podcast. It's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You'll get daily picks, blowout specials, the wrong team favored picks, Lee Sterling's lock of the day. So subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Bets brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Wherever you get your podcasts. All right, moving on to the questions. Uh, all mailbag all the time here. Questions about Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. That's all going to be in this, sec- this section. At Kona King Kahuna, over under total career appearances for all-star games. Jason Tatum, 6.5. Jalen Brown, 4.5. I'm going to take the over on both. 
Jalen's already taken two. So I'm, I'm sorry, Jason's already taken, gotten into two. So he hasn't even started his extension yet. He's the centerpiece of this franchise. All he has to do is make five more. I think he can make five more all-star teams. I mean, the, the kid can score. At the very least, he's going to be a, a bench guy. And then now three, you're looking for four more from Jalen Brown. Looking at his progression, I think he can get he can get to four more. I think Jalen Brown can get to like six. Six or seven all-star appearances, I think. And then, you know, look, so much of this depends on other teams. And where do other other players go? Where do free agents go? Are they still heavy in the West? Are they still heavy in the East? Do they change the rules and how he's classified? Do they expand the rosters? That can be a factor. If you go from 12 to 15 and you open up three more spots, that then Jalen Brown could get up to seven, eight, more. I mean, that's that's all possible stuff. It's all possible stuff. And so um, as they try to continue to tweak the All-Star game, I think the over on both. I think Jalen Brown can get to more than five total, and I think that Tatum can get to more than seven total. I think he they're they're gonna settle like Tatum can get to like double figures, maybe. Um if not, then close, like eight or nine. But Jalen Brown, I think, I think six or seven, six, you know, seven, somewhere in that range. At let's go Celtics 18. When was the specific moment that you knew that Jalen Brown was gonna be a star? Same question for Tatum. Also, same question for Marcus Smart. Okay, not a star, but you know what I mean. Uh, for me, it's Jalen's game four versus Milwaukee, the Toronto Christmas game, maybe that Sixers game. Tatum's game in L.A. every year. Smart's clutch play in game four versus the Hawks or game five, uh, Philly in 2018. So I can't say I really don't have a specific game for any of these guys. The feeling that – like. I want to explain. Like I don't normally look at one particular game and go, "Oh, there it is." Because I'm looking at a cumulative effect, like and and frankly, I didn't know. I couldn't even say that last year I would say that Jalen Brown would be a star. You know? I thought he could make the all-star team. I thought maybe last year he should have made the all-star team. If you ask me that, if I got that question about over-under for Jalen Brown, all-star appearances last year, I might have said three. Now I see the way he's playing, and I, I, I'm i pumping it up. Because Jalen Brown has bucked every trend. Uh, every time that I had a box in which I thought he fit, he outgrew it very quickly. You know, he's... He's like a he's like a Great Dane puppy. Like all of a sudden, you look around, you're like, "How did he get so big? How did he get so good?" Like that's that's what Jalen Brown has been. So it it wasn't until like this season where you watch him play and you go, "Oh damn! Look at him! Look at him use pick and rolls." Um, Tatum, you could tell pretty pretty early on, like some of those playoff performances in his rookie year, you you saw. Like okay, that that game, uh, that game seven 
against the uh, the Cavaliers was was really good. Um, but like again, that that like that entire playoff run, like I can't I can't drill it down to one game. I uh, you, you could see when Tatum had the ball, when Tatum had like when when Kyrie was hurt and obviously Gordon was hurt. You can see him looking for his um looking for his his offense. But even him like last year, like last year in LA, I think is a good like that run, that post All-Star selection stretch last season, uh when he was starting to really put it together, like that that was like wow. They that was some superstar stuff. Uh, Marcus Smart. I mean, you could see it right away what Marcus Smart was going to be. So I don't have specific games. I, I'm, I that's not how my brain works. I don't have like those those flashpoint moments. I'm just looking at the the aggregate. So yeah. At contract year C, who would be a better fit around the Jays? A big defensive playmaking four that hits standstill corner threes. Or a Hayward light player, good offensively, but only average defensively. First of all, I, I think Hayward was better than average defensively. But um, but yeah, I guess this is a Hayward light. Um, better fit around so you got two wing players. You you need you need spacing with these guys. So I would go with I would go with the the Hayward esque type of player because I would I would rather get the playmaking from the point guard with these guys. Uh, I think another wing player, somebody that they could trust to throw the ball to, because you were talking about Hayward Light. You're you're basically talking about three and D or or some level of three and D. And, you know, maybe a guy that can just attack a closeout. Um, I, I think that guy that under understood his, his kind of role behind those guys, just the more spacing that you could get. Um, and I know you're talking about a big four that hits the standstill corner threes that I, I still don't, th- I don't think that that's the right, the right move. I'm I'm more. It's more about the switching uh, on the perimeter, and and having those guys be able to switch. You really you're really maximizing Tatum and Brown defensively by allowing for the switches, and that allows Tatum to be more of a you know off the ball center fielder getting into passing lanes that was he was so good at last year. So I don't think having a big guy and when you say big defensive playmaking I'm not I'm not sure exactly what that what that means I, th- this feels like a a kind of smaller center like a traditional four that could that can just shoot um or maybe you're just talking about an Aaron Gordon type I I I think I think that would work but I would prefer the I guess Harrison Barnes type if we're looking at the the we're describing these two players um, just because it, it maximizes what you can do with Tatum and Brown. Again, the switching uh, defensively that, that leads to steals that leads to easy buckets. I mean that, that I think is more conducive to how the Celtics want to play 
At Beantown Donnie, if you could pick any player in the league to play with the Jays, who would it be? Um, that is, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. And it's I it's hard for me to come up with one. Like any player in the league, um, then I might go with like uh Steph Curry because he can run the point. He's obviously like he's an underrated passer. He can, you know, dribble and penetrate and find guys, but obviously then he is just very clearly obviously the best shooter we've ever seen. So if we're going like like real like why not why not have that kind of guy that can space the floor but then give it up to Tatum and Brown to like attack in all of that extra space like that would just be wild. I mean in that in that same realm you can do like a James Harden but I think James Harden it's funny. I think James Harden is he might take up too much where I think Steph Curry like Steph Curry now in his early 30s without having to like be the main guy on a team with Tatum and Brown, I mean, that would be, that would be fun. (laughs) That would be fun. But like another guy I would think would be great would be like a Chris Paul because his leadership and, and what he would impart on Tatum and Brown. I've said this before, like Chris Paul in a a year with like, if, if you put him on the team this year with Tatum and Brown, just, let him impart all of his knowledge there. I think that would be a great fit because obviously he's going to find them. Obviously he, he can create opportunities for both of those guys. But the real answer is, is probably Steph and all of the space that he creates. Boy, I wish that could happen, right? (laughs) Going to finish up the mailbag up next with a bunch of other questions. Just like a real grab bag of questions there. So stick around for that. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You got the NBA coming back, college basketball, the tournaments uh, about to start soon. Hockey, baseball's back. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. Go to betonline.ag and uh, use the promo code Locked On. Sign up for free. Make your deposit. Use that promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's free money. So you deposit a couple hundred bucks, $100 welcome bucks. So make sure you're doing that at BetOnline. Uh, free to sign up. It's got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets uh, with that promo code locked on. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify. If you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you go to a reliable source and that reliable source is Josh Lloyd. More people trust him, the host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. It's the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. So subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Basketball wherever you get your podcast. At Adjectivo1977, with Teague looking less bad, (laughs) I like how you put that, 
How worried should Tremont Waters be that he's going to be replaced by a standout from the G League bubble? And who's your go-to G League expert for telling you the best wings for the Celtics to sign to a two-way contract? Um, I don't have a particular go-to on the G League. I just kind of try to pay attention myself and just read kind of if, if I'm just, you know, read other people's stuff and, you know, names come up here and there. Um, but I don't, I don't really pay too much attention to the G league. Um, I don't think there are a ton of guys that get signed. Like there's a couple of guys that get signed to two way contracts. Like, man, they hit. Um, I think generally speaking, the two way contracts are guys like Tremont waters. Yes. He should be worried. Tremont waters probably not going to be on the Celtics next year. Neither is taco fall. Hate to break that news to you. Probably not going to happen. Because they've signed their two two uh, two way contracts, they're gonna move on. They're the Celtics need to figure something else out. Okay, it's pretty obvious that Tremont Waters isn't gonna be part of the Celtics' future. Um, there was some promise. I think he's a really good basketball player. I think he has a long career in professional basketball. I don't know that it's at the NBA level, but Tremont Waters is gonna make millions of dollars to play basketball. That I feel confident in saying. Taco Fall could make a, you know, a fair amount of money too. But yeah, th- there's going to be somebody else. I, and I don't think there's... It's not going to happen this year. Like it's, I don't think they're going to cut Tremont Waters to sign one of these G League bubble guys. I think they're just going to stick with what they have because the G Leaguers aren't going to be the solution for what the Celtics are looking for. So... I'm not. I'm not even really worried about about that. Tremont Waters will finish the season. Taco Fall will finish the season, and then they're going to move forward. Those guys can't play in the playoffs anyway. I don't think so. Um, last year was a unique situation. I think they're just going to have like normal two way rules. I believe. So that's it. Rita at Smiley Jogger. It appeared Brad tightened his rotations in the last four games. Do you think it was because of pressure to win? Or is he figuring more out with smart returning and a possible trade upgrade? Is he capable of elevating his coaching players to get to the finals? So I think part of the tightening of rotations was because there was pressure to win because he felt like the noise was so loud around his team that he had to win these games. The Celtics needed to win these games and, and make a little bit of a run because if if they had lost those games, then they would have gone into the all-star break. And it's such a down that it, it threatened. It really did threaten like the integrity of the team. Like the structure of this team was, it, it was like, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't holding together. Uh, there was so much noise in the outside that there may have been too much for players to ignore. And that's that's really the, the the main thing. Like Brad wasn't worried about saving his job. He wasn't worried about saving Danny's job, but he was worried about players going to the All Star game or leaving their little sanctuary and having to answer questions and having to hear all this other stuff. Winning those four games kind of quieted a lot of that stuff down. Um. Is he figuring stuff out? Yeah, I think as more data comes in, he is figuring stuff out. But you still haven't seen Marcus Smart play with 
Kemba and with Jalen and Jason, like at any extended, uh, for any extended run, uh, this Jalen Brown has, has kind of changed that dynamic. You want to see how they all play together, how they figure each other out for this season. So there is still more to figure out. So I think, I think more of it was geared towards just let's win those four games and not only smart, but Romeo Langford's coming back. He's going to get some minutes. Um, at some point, he's going to have to like get away from the double big lineups. It's just not going to be possible anymore. So something's going to have to change. And I've said this before. I've written about it too. This next, this second half Celtics team potentially could look very, very different from the first half. So whatever Brad Stevens and whatever I or you have figured out could be much different than how this season ends. It's just. It, it the the trade smart Langford it, it just could be very different. At Gates underscore Ben. Two questions, two super important questions. One, do you believe Scal when he says Harrison Barnes is the guy the Celtics really want? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I think I think Harrison Barnes is a, a legitimate target. Now, whether the Celtics get him at the deadline or he stays with the Kings. And it becomes uh, an off-season pursuit. I think is is a, a question. My guess is the Celtics would prefer to push the Harrison Barnes pursuit into the summer and use a traditional trade to improve the team at the deadline. So use Tristan Thompson, like I was saying before. Aggregate him with a couple of other contracts and some picks. Get a decent player in here. Kind of shake up the roster a little bit. Clean out some of the things that are are um, standing in the way of better lineups. Like moving Tristan Thompson helps Robert Williams play more. So doing that kind of sets things up where the lineups can be better. Some of the players can be better. The rotations make more sense. And then if they can over the summer, if they can push the pursuit of Harrison Barnes into the summer when they can use the full TPE and they can take him into the TPE and there's no more hard cap and the tax situation, they reset the tax clock by then. Like that, that changes the dynamic. So I I think that that would be their preference. The other question from Ben Gates are you team Megan and Harry or team Royals? So I'm I'm very happy to say I didn't I didn't watch that interview. I only knew about that interview because I watched TV and I saw the promotions for it like every 2 minutes. Um I don't care what they said, but I'm probably going to go against the hereditary monarchy just because hereditary monarchies are kind of bullshit and I'm willing to bet that just inherently they're problematic so good for Megan and Harry for getting out of it I guess that's that's my lukewarm take I think I think hereditary monarchies are a bad idea and I don't understand why there's a royal family at all 
in England. Sorry if you're British and a fan of the royal family. I don't get it. I don't understand why. Why do people care? They have no power. I'm very confused by the entire concept. But I've already talked about this for much longer than I ever wanted to. Moving on. At Petula Darling, I was under the impression that the NBA now requires verification of players' heights, but I'm still seeing people question them. Why? Um, I was listening to a podcast just on Monday. I forget which one it was. They were questioning Chris Paul's height, saying that there's no way he's 6'1". But I don't know. Like he, Some people, I don't know. I don't know what the obsession is with, with people's actual height, I guess. But it's just the topic of conversation. I can't explain it. Uh, yes, they, they have required actual verification of players' heights. And I assume what we see now is for real. But maybe there is a little kind of fudging going on for some reason. I, I don't care. Like People, you know, whatever. You stand up there. They tell you what the number is. But I don't... I can see the, the, the measuring of players with sneakers on versus barefoot because you play with sneakers on. So measure the height with the sneakers on, I guess, because that's the height that you're going to be on the floor. So, I mean, you can't wear lifts or anything, and that doesn't, that doesn't even do anything. But I don't, know, I don't know why people question heights. I wish I had a better answer for you. I don't. Sorry. Uh, and then I had a question come in via the website. Uh, I forget the name there, but I, I put Adams. So, Mr. Adams, here's your question. Uh, I've been working off the assumption that getting Bradley Beal would be the championship move for this team and keep Jason happy long-term. But I also think that long-term Brown at the two, Tatum at the three are the best roles to maximize their talent. Maybe this stuff doesn't matter in positionless basketball, but would bringing in Beal a certified two push Brown to the three and Tatum to the four in a closing lineup? Is that what really is best for this team? Long-term, do they need to be looking for a one and a four to go with these guys? Okay, so basically, it doesn't matter. Like, if you somehow get Bradley Beal and keep Jason Tatum and keep Jalen Brown, then you just do that and they'll figure it out. And if they're guarding a four, like, first of all, there's so much switching and there's so much, you know, so much variety in the defenses that a point guard, a big, and these three guys, great. Switchability like across the board. Who who's gonna guard the four? They're gonna try to get the four on the point guard, is what they're gonna try to do. So whoever the point guard is in this made up scenario, that's gonna be the guy that the four ends up trying to post up against or face up. You know, like, or, you know, whatever the mismatch is. But it's not going to be Tatum Brown or or uh, Bradley Beal. And we, like, we, and I certainly am guilty of it, but we've got to stop, like, thinking about, ooh, who does he guard? Does he guard the three or the four? Well, in the NBA, you guard everybody. 
because like you start out the game on your guy and then immediately there are switches, there are picks, there are cuts, there's, you know, varieties of defenses that you know that the guy you're supposed to be guarding, quote unquote, is you're going to be on him for a percentage of the time, not all the time. And so thinking about how these guys, who these guys play, it really, it really doesn't matter. The whole goal with Tatum and Brown, and if you had Bradley Beal, is they're all similar size guys. And if for some reason those guys were in a pick and roll and you could switch those pick and rolls, then great. That's... That that's how you, you just there's no advantage there. You you've eliminated any chance of one of those guys turning the corner. And so one of your opponents turning the corner. And so great. And then you have to worry about the other mismatch. I think I think if Brad Stevens could get five, six, nine guys, you know, like a, like a Luca. Who could handle the ball at who's big and a Draymond who can, you know, play defense who's who's your five, and then a bunch of six nine guys who could switch around the perimeter. Like that would be his dream team. Just a bunch of six nine dudes who could switch everything and you you just dealt with it. So don't don't get too caught up in ooh, he might have to guard a two or a three. It's all the same now. Everybody does the same stuff. It's it's certainly the traditional designations like they like in the 1980s when I was really getting into basketball. It was very clear. Dennis Johnson was the one. Danny Ainge was the two. You know, Larry Bird was the three. Kevin McHale was the four and Robert Parrish was the five. That is it. That was it. And if you were a combo, anything that was bad, you had to fit into a, a, a nice little box there. And basically your four or five was basically your, your four was a shorter version of the five. You know, it, it was, it's not like that anymore. But I would love to see how the Celtics would get Bradley Beal without giving up Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. That would be fun. All right, I hope I've answered your questions sufficiently. Thank you for all of the questions. Got a special treat coming up this week for our podcast here. Another joint podcast coming up with some old friends with a nice theme continuing uh, something that we do uh, every season. So that's a little tease. If you can figure that out, it's probably not hard to figure out. So make sure you're subscribed to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, follow on Spotify, whatever. Also, if you are a regular listener, a five-star rating, a good written review would be amazing. That really helps me out a lot. Uh, and share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.